Welcome everyone. We are about to begin the Ezra's Hashem feedback and insight shared number 10. The email address is um, shalombayas777 at gmail.com. Before we start the topic of today, I just want to bring an aura that I got in the feedback, a very good aura about when we talked about in Shalombayas number 9 and maybe other places about the concept of jealousy, about the quote that we use as an expression, grass is not greener on the other side, could even be greener on your side. And um, this aura I received um, is a wonderful one, and I'm just going to say it over. Um, basically, this he told me that um, in the summertime, he you know he lives in an area where there's nice lawns in front of houses with beautiful grass. And when uh, he was walking down the street, he looked across the street and saw indeed that grass did look greener on the other side. And he crossed the street to see Taka why that was. Crossed the street, and then when he crossed the street and looked at the lawn there and saw the grass there, but then he turned back to where the you know to the cross the street to where he was in it originally, and then he looked there and he saw, hey, wait a minute, the grass where I was that is greener. So what's going on there? And he went back and forth, and the conclusion he came across, which is a very accurate conclusion, is is, is as follows: that very often when you're on that street where you are and you see the lawn that's right in front of you, you see there not just the grass, you see uh, the details of the grass. And you could see some of the grasses, let's say, are withered. Some look brown. Some look, and then there's cracks in the ground and in the, in the gardening um, around it. Also, there's the stones are not, uh, you know, 100% nice as, as, as it could be, and so on and so forth. Because you see all the details there. While when you're looking across the street on that beautiful lawn and you see the grass is so green there and it looks much more beautiful, that's because you're looking at it as a general picture. You're looking at it as a you know overall thing. You're not looking at the details. So that's why it looks to the human eye, to the naked eye, more appealing than the grass that's right near you where you do see you know the details of it. And that's, I think, a tremendous insight because very often, you know, you look at someone's life, especially if you don't know him that well, and you say, wow, his life is beautiful. Everything's going smooth there. It's just gorgeous. And while I know I have so many problems, so many issues, but the truth be told is once you get to know the person and you, you know, you deal with the person and you would see him in his day-to-day life, you realize that he too has his peckle. He too has his challenges. He too has withered grass within his grass. Uh, just, you know, you from far see it, don't see it that way. You see the whole picture, and as a as an overview, it just looks much more appealing. So that's the biggest sight to remember with Kenna. Now, what we're going to discuss now is the non-sexual touch and the holding of hands and the caring like that. Now, there is a big sugya that we're going to talk about at a later point in time, and um, when a um, couple, when the wife is not Anita and she's in her tar stage, on the physical contact, not during the time of physical relations. Uh, so in general, you know, I'm not going to get into it now, but sometimes if a man is easily triggered you know, um, sexually by even just the simplest physical touch or hug, so sometimes he has to be careful. But other men who that's not the case and they can get used to it, then 
actually it is usually ben- very beneficial when um, your wife is not in her nida state and she's in her Torah state, that there is physical contact and warmth and even hugging and embracing and holding hands in, and, and to learn how to do that also in a non-sexual way. In other words, even during times where, where um, you know, there's no physical in- intimacy at that time. Let's say they're both on their way to work and things like that. Now, again, I know it's more complex and every personality is different. Every culture is different. In this, this is like, um, it's really not a right and wrong type of thing, like I'm going to explain later. But I want to bring it up now. Um, because um, what I've done research and read in articles, a fascinating scientific study that I just want to share with you. So in these days, Baruch Hashem, you have something called an MRI, where you could actually go into, through pictures, see um, the neural activity of the brain. And not only that, what's fascinating now, and it's unbelievable what Hashem put Chachman in, in people, to be able to do this, when you tell, you could put um, these um, electronic uh, connections to the brain, and when you um, say something, or when the, even emotions, you could actually see certain parts of the brain light up and you could already you could tell from the MRI itself about depression or anxiety or whether the person feels empathy or not. It sounds like science fiction. It sounds like something straight out of the movies. So, you know, like like how is that shayach even? But it is a reality, and it's fascinating. So you know the 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 you could see like on the screen an X appear. So so basically, here's uh, one study that they did. Um, basically, um, they were, there's a, there was a, a test that they did where basically that you put, um, the person in the scan, being their brain scanned, and then they see a screen in front of them where an X appears. And you tell this person that whenever you see that X appear on the screen, that then there's a 20% chance that you'll receive an electric shock on the ankle. You know, where you, you, you're strapped, you'll, you'll feel an electric shock. Again, the, these shocks, when they do these tests, are not very painful. Um, you know, they don't want to you know, harm anybody. It's like a small jolt, a small uh, shock. So what happened is fascinating. Every time that X appeared on the screen, the, the, the part of the brain associated with the response of the threat would light up. So in other words, as soon as that X appeared on the screen, the woman who was the test person, saw the X, and then you would see the scientists that were hooked up to the brain of the MRI would see a, a part of the brain light up, light up meaning like a trigger of an anxiety of that. And then they made it into two groups. In one group, um, they were told that while they're doing this and looking at that X, which may or may not cause the shock, electric shock, and sometimes it would, that they were told that a stranger can hold their hand during the MRI when the X appeared. And when that happened, and in this group, um, they had a stranger holding this person's hand while they were watching that X that could cause the trigger, there wasn't much change. And that part of the brain lit up just, just as before. When it saw that X, the brain part that triggers an anxiety or anticipation of anxiety about a shock lit up just the same with the stranger holding the hand of the person, the test person. But in the second group, they allowed um, the, their romantic partner, their wife, the husband, their loved one, 
to hold their hand during that process. And what the scientists discovered fascinatingly, that this significantly reduced the lighting up of that brain image in the neurons of the brain and lowered the anxiety so that when the lady saw that X that could possibly cause that trigger of a shock to the ankle, they noticed in the brain that it was much less lit up, which means that the person who was holding the hand of the beloved one of their loved one while they were doing this test, their anxiety levels and anticipation levels were much, much less. By holding their husband's hand or by their wife's hand, it actually altered the response in the brain to the threat. She felt more secure, she felt more calm, she felt more loved, and the threat response was greatly what they call greatly depressed, meaning much lower. So they found that within the second group also they did a further analysis and they, you know, did research on, you know, that loved one who they allowed during this test to hold the hand of their wife, the husband, and so on, or or mother, you know, whatever it was. And they realized, they recognized based on their research that the better the relationship was, the bigger the effect. In other words, in those relationships where the relationship was a very close one and a very warm one, those neural threats, when they saw the X on the screen that could cause the shock, was very um, reduced, meaning the anxiety was much less. This tells us, by the way, this tells us, this study, and there were many studies on this, this tells us that the real power, we see the real power of real, close, warm, intimate relationship how it affects our brains, how it affects our emotional health, how it affects our mental health. And we see that when we have such relationships, we do heal faster, we feel better, and we feel much happier in life. So if you notice in these studies, what I noticed is that the intimate partner was holding her hand, physically holding her hand. Now, it's pretty certain, and again, I, this part is just my conjecture, because uh, this I didn't see in the study that I read, but it's pretty certain that if a romantic partner, a husband, a wife being in the room, not holding the hand, and says encouraging words and loving words, it would have reduced, prob- may have reduced the stress as well to some extent. But it's clear that the physical holding of the hand as they were going through it definitely was a tremendous trigger and a cause because it was an emotional plus physical response by feeling the, 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 the warmth of the hand of the one who's, loved one who's holding your hand definitely uh, de- uh, reduced anxiety a lot more than if that loved one would not be holding the hand and just being in the w- room saying encouraging words. And that's just a tremendous side, just on the side point, that when the Torah requires and when Hashem wants you to um, express physical affection, in those times, and it's wonderful to say wonderful, encouraging words all the time, and that is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm not any way, um, you know, um, reducing that significance. It's wonderful. But if you just have that without the physical warmth and the physical hugging and the physical holding of the hands and the pat on the back and things like that, it definitely has much less of effect. And we see, but on the other hand, if just the physical is not alone, if, you know, with the stranger that held in the first group, the physical holding of the hands without an intimate relationship would not reduce the stress either. So you see it's a combination. You see it's a combination of the physical contact 
plus the deep intimate relationship, that combined creates a calm and warm response that reduces the threat. I remember this very, very strongly. What happened was, is um, over 10 years ago, in the winter, I broke my ankle. It was a, it was a, it was a real terrible break with major surgery. We had screws in there, whatever it is. So um, when I got to the hospital, big, a lot of pain. Shot me up with morphine. It was still the, the pain was very uh, strong. Now my wife happened to be clean then, and what happened was, and I knew this is that the first thing they do in the hospital, even before surgeries, anything is anything they set the foot wherever the bones are like sort of not in alignment they put it in alignment as best as they could before putting the cast on and that is terribly painful even with the morphine and my wife was clean then and she held my hand while they said it and that is why i believe this study is true because i definitely was terribly painful but i still remember that that holding of the hand definitely helped a lot in reducing to some level the anxiety that I felt at the time, um, but so 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 that's why when I read this study afterwards, I realized the truth of it, of how strong that study is, and um, that is something that's very very important, and we're going to talk later about and I'm thinking about talking to women specifically about men's nature. Uh, including the physical, sexual nature of men, and vice versa, talking to men separately in other shiurim about the women's sexual nature in general and the disparity. And you have to know this, that even though initially this, this disparity, this difference between a husband and a wife in regards to their physical uh, makeup and the way each one separately judges what intimacy is and how they react differently to it, even though initially that could cause friction, in reality, that is the biggest blessing. Because this creates that ultimately, that if each one understands the other one's sexual nature, biteva, what it is, and the wife, a man, a woman, understands why a man is the way he is, why he's, why he's so e- easily triggered to sexual stimuli, and why, um, and and if a man understands more why a woman is not in many cases until she first feels that emotional connection, and they understand each other more, and they each um, compromise and try to meet some somewhere in the middle where they both work towards it, then it, it becomes an extremely beautiful thing. And I think that's the tachlis, actually. That is the tachlis to have that um, balance between the two, because the physical is extremely important. There's no question about it. And then the emotional is very important, and there's no question about that. You need them both. So, again, I th- in, for most people, and again, some people f- crave the emotional connection more, some people crave the emotion connection less. But it's clear, and that's the way humans are triggered, that even non-sexual physical contact of warmth, of holding hands, of hugging, of embracing, of caring in that way, um, a massage, whatever it is, these things do help a lot in the bonding and the connecting between a husband and a wife. There's no question about it. People sometimes are very hesitant and then, you know, they're very reserved in that aspect. But I would uh, ask you to rethink that position and in many situations to be more forthcoming uh, with that 
And again, you have to know yourself because if a man is truly very, very triggered, for example, and then he'll hug his wife before going to work, and that affects him in a way where he, you know, he can't, his mind is already, you know, triggered on, um, on the sexual things, then maybe it's not a smart idea to have real close physical contact of that, that sort unless you're very close to the time where you could actually have that physical um, intimacy. But for other men, or men can also get used to it, where it's just a touch of a hand, uh, this and that, it has a lot of power and a lot of healing power. People are cynical about it. You know, you know people, uh, you know, if men talk like that, you know, if men start talking about how the physical intimacy part and how the that 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 part of it uh, it creates healing and creates uh, uh, you know uh, makes me feel whole and makes me even more ruchnius. First, you know, you have a woman listening to this, so even other people, you know, it's it's easy to be cynical of that. It says, yeah, what else are you going to say? Of course, <laughs> you know, we know what you're really after. So I understand that. I understand that cynicism. And there is some truth to that because many, you know, you know, you could be manipulative about these type of things. There's no question about it. But that doesn't take away the fact of the truth. And it doesn't take away the fact of these scientific studies that are absolutely true. And I believe it uh, as 100%. Then there's no question that, that together with the emotional and the verbal chizik and the connection, the physical affection expressed through physical holding of hands, embracing and things like that creates a special warmth, a special a special connection that even verb, verbal warm encouragement alone, as important as it is, will not be uh, as, as, as powerful, won't, won't be as strong. And some women, especially in the early years, need, need to know that. They're doing a wonderful thing when they're using their words to always encourage their husbands and be mechazek them and um, being over them, and it's a wonderful thing. But they also need to know that at times they that that expression of the physical gesture, of that warmth, comes a very long way and could actually transform the husband and motivate him to become better. You know, that's a, a, also a concept you need to understand, that men are indeed wired that way, that they enjoy it physically more, but at the same time, it could be used as a Pesach to motivate them spiritually. And that's something that every wife needs to know. And if you look carefully in the Midrashim, in Mitzrayim, where the women went um, to encourage their husbands because they wanted to have children, despite the Sakana, and they were Moshe Nefesh, and that's why actually the Schus, it's their Schus, the Schus of the women that they got out of Mitzrayim, and what they used and what they did and how they spoke and how they encouraged in order to do this, from those lessons you could actually learn, and we're going to discuss at a different time, of how important that is. So um, again, there's a balance to it, but this is a very important concept. And we will discuss it more in the future feedbacks and insights and future Shalom Ayesh Have a wonderful day.